Hello, everybody. I am Teresa Carpenter, and welcome to Stories of Service, Ordinary People Who Do Extraordinary Work. This is my first podcast, and I'm so honored to have sitting next to me, Charlie Pickard. That's right. Your one and only father. <laughs> yes, yes. And so to kick us off, um, he's going to record this later for our, my intro, but I thought I'd give you guys a, a little bit of a, of, a, of a slice of what this is going to be about. So, Dad, if you want to kick it off sure. using your, your, your voiceover skills and let us All know right. a little bit about the podcast. All right. From the moment we're born and lock eyes with our parents, we are inspiring others. By showing up as a vessel of service, we not only help others, we help ourselves. Welcome to SOS Stories of Service, hosted by Teresa Carpenter. Hear from ordinary people from all walks of life who have transformed their communities by performing extraordinary work. Thank you, Dad. You're welcome. That was awesome. So <laughs> I'm super excited to be doing this today and be talking to you yeah. and getting a little bit about your background, because I think that we all show up in our communities as vessels of service in one way or another. And by showcasing some of the work that you've done, my hope is that it will inspire others to consider community service in their neighborhood or in their career yeah. or their community. So I first want to start off by talking a little bit about your career and your chosen path and how mm -hmm. that uh, transformed itself into service. Uh, what uh, got you on the path that you decided uh, with your career as a voiceover artist? Well, very twisted and compli complicated. When I was, uh, we lived in Toledo for the first 10 years of my life. And um, I would, there are several big bridges there. One of them only a block and a half away up the Anthony Wayne Bridge, which everybody up there called the high level. And I thought designing and, and building these kinds of things would be an, an inspiring thing to do. So in the back of my mind for the next 10 years or so, I thought, um, I think maybe I want to you know, do that. Uh, and when I got out of high school here in Columbus, uh, I uh, signed up to go to the Ohio State University right down the road from us. And... Um, entered the College of Engineering, mm -hmm. and uh, I studied that for, well, seven quarters there out of 15. It was a five-year program. And at first, it was really, I really enjoyed it. Uh, the math started to get to me <laughs> a little bit. And uh, by the time I got to my seventh quarter, I thought, I'm not sure this, I'm really cut out for this kind of stuff. I'm, I'm not a really technical guy. I'm, and uh, and <laughs> this, you, you have to have to think how several things are going to mesh together to do something right. So I started my eighth quarter, and about a weekend, I thought, this is not going to work. So I uh, went in to see the, the uh, head of the department and said, I'm, I'm withdrawing from school. And he wasn't happy about that, but I was determined to. Mm -hmm. my, my folks were kind of, your grandparents were kind of, holy cow, now what? But I said, I'm going to go back to school. I've got an, a different plan. I decided to enter the, the College of Arts and Sciences at Ohio State, and more specifically, in the, the, the uh, broadcasting mm -hmm. in radio and television. They, it was the uh, what, I'm trying to think what it the, the, fan, the fancy and, oh okay mm -hmm. the fancy title for it, but one of there's theater, um, speech therapy, mm -hmm. and also radio and television. So I went in the radio and television branch, really loved it, mm -hmm. had the opportunity to um, perform at, at, on the uh, university station, WOSU, which I might add is one of the five oldest radio stations in the United States. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, no. it was. They, they went on the air, I believe, in 1920. They were about the fifth station that got a license. 
But anyway, um, they had a, a program, two programs, Boys and Girls in Bookland and Once Upon a Time in Ohio. And they, uh, the fellow that ran it, Ed Talbert, uh, asked uh, people that, that were going to university, students, if they wanted to perform. And right, they, it was, you'd read from scripts and uh, or, or from a book. So I got in, into that. And then Ed asked me one day, he said, would you be interested in recording some story from some um, programs for me and editing them down into hour long radio programs? And I said, sure. Plus I'd get paid. Not, yeah, a, not right, a whole right, lot, right. but it was. And so um, I did that for a while. I'd go out to places. Um, and uh, well, one of them was the one of the, the head of the U.S. Bankers Association or something talking about uh, how it, not how to be a good banker. And then I'd bring it back, snip it and put it down and make it into an hour. Then Ed said, um, the guy that works in the afternoon on air is leaving. Would you like to try that? And I said, I certainly would. So I starting in when I was, a, I guess I was a second year senior. Uh, I started working on WOSU radio from uh, four in the afternoon until sign off, which was about 930 at night, plus Saturday mornings. And um, really enjoyed it. And uh, I managed to graduate. Everybody was relieved at that. <laughs> and uh, I was doing fine. And one of the people at in the station, or rather in school, had said, well, now, you know, when you graduate, uh, your deferment runs out. And I said, well, he said, you better, you know, be, go into graduate school or they may draft you. And I said, I've been going to school for 17 years. I think I'm just going to take my chances as it were. And by golly. Uh, so Uncle, you weren't even expecting to be drafted. That wasn't like your plan wasn't to go into the army. No, it, it wasn't at first. But then in uh, October, uh, the, the, they invited me to come down and take a physical. And the lady at the uh, recruitment, or not the recruitment center, but the, the um, selective service center said, now, boys, if you pass your physical today, you'll be in the army before Christmas. So I passed and I was. How did you I, feel about that? I thought, well, it's something else new to do. <laughs> I, I wasn't sure. I thought, well, I'm not, you know, it's a lot more fun not going into the Army, probably, because I never planned to make a career of it. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, there is that portion of your brain that says you owe something to your country. If they ask you, do it. Do it. So I did yeah. did receive an invitation. And uh, <laughs> an invitation. <laughs> I, went, I, I waited on my half birthday, December the 6th. And... Um, they ordinarily we would have gone to Fort Knox, Kentucky, but that was crowded. I mean, to, to, to overfilling. I ended up spending a week at Fort Jackson, South Carolina, which is where they it's kind of the induction center and you take tests and you get all your equipment and your clothing. And then I went to Fort Jackson, I'm sorry, to Fort Gordon, Georgia, which is at Atlanta, um, Augusta. And I spent two months there. Uh, well, I went home for Christmas. <laughs> then I went down in, in January and February. I went through here, and um, so at the uh, at the end, uh, you know, where are we going to go? Some guys that, that there was a one fellow that, that he he went into the, the sergeant's office and sort of peeked through the files to see if anybody knew where we were going. Some of the guys that said they were going to you know fort this or fort that. Mm -hmm. uh, I was going to an uh, APO, an Army Post Office, and um, which meant I was going overseas somewhere. So I. I called home and, and told my parents, I said, I'm, I'm going someplace, but I'm not sure where yet. So 
when I we graduated from the from uh, basic training, uh, it was on a Wednesday. Thursday, it said, and several people were called out there. About twelve of us said, "Get on the bus." So the bus took us to Charleston, South Carolina, and <laughs> we got there at the Air Force Base, and we were put up for the night. And uh, one of us said to to one of the Air Force fellows, "You know, you have any idea where we're going?" He said, "Yeah, Panama." <laughs> the next day. So I called home and said, I'm not going to be coming home anytime soon. So there we went, took off the next day. And, and um, it, it was a long, boring flight. Back then, no jets. It was a four-engine prop plane and um, landed there. And um, we were taken to Fort Clayton, uh, which is uh, in the canal zone and very close to the Panama Canal and just put up for the night. Nobody knew where we were going. Um, but this other fellow and I, that we've both been in, in the same company at basic training, we were both radio people. And I said to one of the other people there, the, the residents, I said, you know, is there a radio station around here or anything like that? And he said, oh yeah, it's done at the end of the par park there. So the little building, building 209 at Fort Clayton was uh, at that time, it's called the Caribbean Forces Network, but they changed about the same day we got there to the Southern Command Network. And uh, John and I walked in, and uh, <laughs> one of the guys behind the desk said, can I help you? And, I, and then John said, I think we're supposed to work here. <laughs> oh, they thought it was gold because they hadn't had a new person in there in months. Mm. So, so, you, so you did train in the Army to go into broadcasting. Well, a little bit, but because they, mm -hmm. they, they knew. And uh, oh, the one, when uh, we were taking all these tests, mm -hmm. this one fellow is an E5, and he said, uh, what do you want to do in the Army? And I said, well, this is what I've been doing. I've, I've got a degree in it, and I've been working here, and I'd like to have a chance to, to do maybe there's, there's armed forces broadcasting or something like that. And I said, he said, okay, and he's wrote down a few things. And I said, do you have any idea if I have a chance to get this? So you got it. Wow. And get, because, that quick. Yeah. Huh. He's, I said, are you sure? He says, yeah. I was not to toot my own horn too loud, but he says, you're an HAP, high aptitude personnel. And I scored well on the tests. Mm, he said, so guys like you, if they, if they can give you what you want, you get it. And he says, you're going to get it. So I got it and then shook to Panama. And it was very interesting. I, uh, at first I was um, recording what they call army hometown news guys. I would go around mm. to the different, yep. because still that, have those. do you? Oh yeah. Oh, well, and, Hometown news releases. <laughs> yes, yes. In the canals, <laughs> in, in the canal zone at that time, there was well, two or three army bases on the Pacific side, which is the side I was on several army bases on the Atlantic side, two or three air force bases, uh, Naval station, Rodman Naval station. Wow. Oh, and on and on and on. And the, the, there were Marines too, but the Marines were very particular. They did two things. They either guarded the American uh, consulate and, mm -hmm. and the embassy in Panama City, or they rode on ships from the, the netherworld that went through the canal to, to make sure nobody did anything nasty and sank a ship. Hmm. And um, so anyway, I got started. I did this. I did Army Hometown, and I, I really didn't like it very much. It was kind of boring. Um and this other guy who was was at the station, the, the SCN, didn't like it there. So we swapped. Mm. I, I, I started, I billeted then over at uh, SCN. And they came up with an idea that maybe the, it, the, the station went on the air. It was, it was really neat. They had radio 24 hours a day. They had TV 
from about six in the evening to maybe 10 or 11. And they got a new captain come in and run the place. And he thought, we ought to sign on earlier and go later. So they couldn't figure out what to do going on earlier. And somebody said, well, let's let's do a kid's show. Mm -hmm. So I don't know how I was selected. But anyway, they, they called the program afternoon. It went from 4 to 5.30. And they dug out. I have no idea where they got it. A, a jumpsuit, Air Force jumpsuit, <laughs> and a pilot's helmet. With oh the, you know, the God. visor and the whole business. Here you are, Pickard. Put it on. And I was I, I called myself Nikki the crew chief. Nikki the crew chief. chief. So because there are crew chiefs in the United yeah. and Air Force, they're also uh -huh. also at the time the head of, of communist Russia was Nikita Khrushchev, and I oh, thought that was God. a play on words. Cornball, yeah. <laughs> but so anyway, um, that was in in Jan and I'm sorry, in July of 1964, and we were on for a couple of months and. Uh, Captain Crawford he came in one day and says, you know, Pickard, I don't know if we're getting any any, any better doing this than doing anything else. We, we've got no response. And I said, well, I don't know what to tell you, Captain. But, uh, he said, I'll tell you what. Labor Day is coming up. And right next door to us was Albrook Air Force Base. And he said, they, they have an air show over there. Let's announce that Nikki the crew chief is going to be at the air show. See what happens. <laughs> I said, okay. So... Uh, my, my director, uh, Don uh, Sullivan, and I hopped in the back. It was an old Ford Econoline van or something. I had my zoot suit on and stuff. And we drove over and uh, pulled up and sitting inside there. And, he said, and uh, somebody went out and said, and now, kids, Nikki, the crew chief. And they flipped open the back door. An army of little teeny, <laughs> Nikki, Nikki, oh, holy moly. I had the best time. Wow. Oh, it was great. I mean, and we finally got done about six o'clock. I was whipped and got back in the truck and we started back over and Sully looked over and says, Chaz, you got a job. <laughs> And it was wow. it was great. Well, I, you were I, off and running at that point. Yes, yes ma'am. And yes. Uh, you found it, your audience. And I, there was a lady um, who uh, oh, I'm trying to oh, I can't remember her name right now. Anyway, she was in charge of the Canal Zone SPCA, and she was, she would bring in little kitties and puppies, and uh, we'd have her on every Friday. Then we got another guy that uh, worked for the Air Force. They had a, what they call Jungle Training Center mm -hmm. for. People who yep, you, they still have oh, those. They, okay. Oh yes. And uh, Harvey was he, he'd worked for the the zoo in Toledo, Ohio, um, but he would you know to treat show them about the different animals they'll run into. Don't touch this. This is oh, you can mm. you it doesn't taste Very, real good, but good. it's food. Mm -hmm. um, and so we called him Harvey the Wild Animal Man, and he showed up once in a while. Uh, it had a downside to that once he brought up a, a really beautiful monkey, you know, a, a kind of a rare kind, and that guys were coming in and watching and he was talking about it. And of course in the studio, you have a lot of what they call Klieg lights, big things that blast down light. And, um, and it's very disorienting if you don't know what's going on. Well, the monkey got confused and he broke loose oh, no. and, and he was swinging from beam to beam. And everybody oh, of course is laughing and Harvey was getting more angry by the minute because he was responsible for this very expensive and precious piece of meat. <laughs> and, Finally, he caught him, and I don't think Harvey came back again. I don't Aww. think he, he was, yeah. But anyway, so. What a neat start, though, yeah. to the broadcasting yeah. world and yeah. getting to do a, a TV show that, you know, gave such uh, joy to the family members and yeah. the other people that were there. I mean, what a 
that's what I'm hearing from that is that you, you kind of got your start by just yep. realizing that you could tell these stories, mm -hmm. and that, but you had been telling stories for a long time, dad. <laughs> yeah. I, I just watched some home movies from <laughs> our uncle Bill, yeah. where you were making, like, making films at a, at a very uh, young yeah, age. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs> I, I'm going to get Bill for that. <laughs> no, it was fun. Yeah. But I, those were, um, must've been you know, maybe early teens or, probably about 1112 mm -hmm. but yeah and one of the guys had a little eight millimeter camera and we'd make these really stupid movies as you saw <laughs> the other day yes, yes. And so, but, but it's great and, great oh, yeah. fun and good way to connect with others and so you uh you know you get to college you get your commu communications degree mm -hmm. then you join the army and then your army stint is up and yep. then what happens well i um i sent uh, back home, uh, an, uh, an application, if you will, for a job to uh, three of the radio stations here in Columbus. And um, when I got back to the States, I, they, you go back and then they, they mu mm -hmm. muster you out. So, I, But when I got there, I called home and I said, I'm, I'm back in the States. I'll be home in about six days. And mom said, well, you, you got a call from WRFD and uh, Bill Collins would like to talk to you when you get home. Mm -hmm. I said, Great. So I went back, talked to him, and uh, <clears throat> he um, said, what, what I need is somebody, what they call a continuity director, that, that makes sure that all the scripts are in the state, the studio, and this, that, and the other thing. And I, I thought, hey, it's a job in radio. I'll take it. So I did, and I actually did a couple of commercials. Uh, then, after I did that for a couple of years, they, they had an FM station in the same building, but it had been used to broadcast uh, in-store music and things mm -hmm. like that. They decided to turn it into a real radio station, and the guy that was in charge of that said, would you like to come and be with us and be on the air? I said, sure. Get a chance, so I turned into a disc jockey. That's amazing. And, yeah, just real quick, we got a couple yeah. people that said hi. Brian oh. Edwards said hello. Oh, good. He's a friend of my husband's. Great Alrighty. guy. And then we also have Chris Johnson, our cousin. Oh my goodness gracious! Yes, yes. All right. So I want to say hi to everyone who's yes, uh, tuning in. Thank you very much. Sorry we don't have like the big wide angle camera. These oh, are well, all hey, growing pains. That's as yes, I sir. continue to do this, but. but Back to your story, Dad. <laughs> well, it's, it inspires them to be imaginative. <laughs> well, um, so I, I, I worked uh, at uh, WNCI, at Nationwide Communications Incorporated. Mm -hmm. Did that for uh, a couple of years, and um, I, I had promoted a little bit to like program director, and I really didn't like it, so I, I resigned, and um, went to work for a friend of mine who was in advertising. And that didn't work out well because Tom wanted to move back to California and I wasn't going to move to California. Right, right. So as it turned out, they uh, had a job opening back at the station where I had worked. So I got the uh, 6 to 10 a.m. air shift and um, got a chance to become a real rock jock. And it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. Had a yeah. good time. What was it like being a DJ? Did you have, did you do call-ins and like people calling in and asking for songs and yeah, oh, all yeah. kinds of requests and dedications and other things? They, they did it first, but we, we finally changed the phone number because it just, <laughs> but it, it was interesting to do, uh, all, you know, different things. Um, one, one thing I did was um, we, have, of course, being in Columbus and Ohio state and football and mm -hmm. Michigan and Ohio state, well, the, um, 
it was the day before the day before the Michigan game they were coming down here that year. And um, so I said, as a special treat, we're going to have the Ohio State University marching band in here to play a song for you. And what I did was I have a, a disc here at home. I, I think I do. It's still, but it, it was, uh, had a track, it had different uh, OSU marching band performing mm -hmm. and they are wonderful. Oh, but they are. Um, Best marching band yeah, ever. Just saying. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it has one track where they talk about the band saying, you know, it, it's put together. Here's how it goes. It starts with the tubas, boom, mm -hmm. boom, boom, boom. And it on and on and on and on. And finally they get to the, you know, OSU marching song. And then they play the whole thing through. Hey, so right. what I told people was, now they're, they're getting, they're going to be here. The bus is in the parking lot, but they haven't come up yet. And I, oh, wait a minute. Here comes some of them down the hall now. Get in there, guys. Look, we got to cut for news here in three minutes. So go ahead, do anything. So we started the the disc and it's boom, boom, boom. Going, oh, like, oh, here comes some of the horns. And then, bum, 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 bum. <laughs> Finally ended up the whole thing. They played the OSU marching thing all the way through and we went into news. And I, that was one of the, the triumphs. <laughs> <laughs> but unfortunately, being in radio, um, Things can change, and one of the things that I didn't know was changing mm -hmm. was that uh, they were going to change their whole programming outlook. Uh, where what we had done before was just play all kinds of music, well, rock music, but a wide spectrum of of mm -hmm. uh, artists. They decided they're going to go to, to a thing where they only played twenty songs, just over and over and over again, and. Um, so that was going to start on a Monday. I had nothing, no, didn't know anything about this. I was called in Saturday afternoon on your mother's birthday and also our wedding anniversary, and um, I, I was taking a nap because I wanted. To, I'd gotten up at five thirty in the morning, so um, phone rang and it was the program director, and he said, uh, "Jazz, uh, can you come by the station?" And I said, "No." He said, "Yeah." I said. Yeah, I can do that. I can. I'll be over there in about twenty minutes, and see, it was only about a mile and a half away. So, Carol, my mom said, "You know what was that?" I said, "Well, Eve is calling. Uh, I think I'm going to be fired. So I'm going oh, to I'm wow. I'm going to go over and get oh, fired." Gosh. And uh, you and Mike can. Um, Mikey was three then. Mm -hmm. He said, uh, "You and Mike can sit downstairs and have a coke. They can fire me. I'll come downstairs. We'll come home, get the babysitter, and we'll go out and celebrate our anniversary." Oh, yeah. So I came over and it was about took about twenty minutes. I didn't say anything. They just talked and I, yeah, I just yeah, I'm right. Blah 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 blah. I said, well, it's been a lot of fun working here though, and it really has. And I, I meant that. So that that so you was ended on a good note too. You didn't burn a bridge with them. They did. Yeah. They told. They said what they had to say. It, right, and, and I just and you. But at the same time, you know what? That's a testament to is the fact that you still maintain that relationship even though you knew you were being fired. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yes. And you, know, uh, you didn't you didn't yeah. try to go out with a bang or oh, no, be mean or, or any of those things. I was <laughs> I the, the bizarre thing was um about well this this was in September and at about late October the the program director E Carl gave me a call. He says, Chaz, I wonder if, if you could come by do me a favor. Yeah, what you need, eh? <laughs> <laughs> I don't fire twice. Anyway, so <laughs> They needed. They wanted to do a um, a Christmas thing, and uh, by golly, I do a good Santa Claus. So I, I came in to do it. Mom said, 
what, you're not going to go and do anything for those people. And I said, I don't really care. I said, it's just, you know, no skin off my nose. I, I, I will explain what happened to me after I got fired. And, uh, so I did that. Later on, my boss, the ultimate boss, Phil Sheridan, said, uh, Chaz, I did some research afterwards. And I, he said, I think that you were not treated fairly. And wow. there are a lot of things. I said, well, wow. I didn't feel, feel that either, but that's neither here nor there. What I did do was I, I slept in the next Monday morning. <laughs> and it was, I was waked up by a phone call. And it was a guy from one of the ad, in fact, the biggest ad agency here in Columbus at the time. And um, he said, Charlie, why aren't you on the air this morning? I said, oh, you didn't hear. I got canned on Saturday. He said, what? I said, yeah. I I'm, I'm said, I'm fired. I said, I don't have a job. And what I'm thinking I'm going to do is to try to freelance full time. He said, don't worry, pal. We'll take care of you. Well, it was just before Christmas. So they, they did the commercials for the Lazarus department stores, which was big stuff. And I started doing those for radio wow. and, and TV voice. And I never was on TV, which is okay by me, but I did TV voiceovers. But it's like the universe just opened up. Yeah. You know, this one opportunity closed its door and then this entire other door opened. Exactly. And the uh, people were very good to me. I worked hard, um, got established relations with several of the different stations or the, the, the um, ad, ad agencies yeah, here in town. And then, um, I decided I went down to Dayton and uh, just went around to different, well, the studios basically yes. to say. And, uh, and I remember this uh, growing up, dad, yep. you remember, and I'm trying to be in the camera because oh. there's uh, my husband, Harry. Yeah. Hey, Teresa, where's the other half of your face? <laughs> it's right here, babe. But, uh, the, uh, one of my you know most cherished childhood memories, mm -hmm. dad, was when we would go on our drives together. Oh, okay. So dad would take me all over uh, Central Ohio and Cincinnati, yep. and Cleveland and Dayton, and we would get McDonald's drive-through every time <laughs> I get the two cheeseburger happy meal, or whatever <laughs> it was, and we would listen to the Beatles. Oh yeah, um, your your Beatles cassette tapes. It was just such a memorable. And those poor secretaries had to deal with me in the oh, lobby. Yeah, well, yes, but, yes. Why well, you would go at you would go do your recordings, but yeah. um. It was it was such a neat lifestyle oh, because yeah. you had so much flexibility. Yeah, that was I had a lot of time to, to I could be at home. I didn't mm -hmm. have to worry. Uh, I had to do a lot of you know roll out at five and to be in Toledo at nine, that kind of stuff. But that's okay too. My I think my my championship thing was I had a nine o'clock on in Cincinnati on a Friday morning, and immediately after that I had to drive to Toledo. I remember when some, you would do those yeah. things. You would just do one after the other. And you hustled. Yeah. I mean, you hustled to get yourself out there. You had a business card. I remember you had oh, a logo. Yeah. You yep. had all those things. And did you know that your website is still active? Oh, my goodness. Did you know that? Oh, I guess I guess I did. I'll do a link to the dis in the okay. description. But yes, <laughs> his website is uh, still active. Oh, we got a message here. No, Hi, Mr. Pickard and Terry from Janelle, an old friend of Michael and Terry. I remember hearing your voice narrating an orientation video as a Lazarus new employee. Oh, my goodness gracious goodness. I think, <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember Janelle. Yeah. yeah. yeah Michael's friend. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I didn't realize. I remember I did that. I did a lot of things I don't remember anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, but it was a lot of fun. And, yeah. um, and also ed educational in a way. I found out a lot of things. Because, you know, especially the uh, – there were a lot of commercials, but also I did a lot of narrations, and uh, especially in Toledo. There were a lot of uh, businesses up there, then Champion Spark Plugs and um, oh, the people that did the sprayers and stuff. I cannot remember their name now, but uh, 
and Libby Owens Ford, places mm-hmm. like that. And, uh, you know, it really, I enjoy doing narrations. So you feel like you're sort of imparting knowledge to people and, and helping them out a little bit. And then it's always fun to do spots because uh, it, well, it's neat yeah. to have your dad be a voice that people recognize. <laughs> yeah. So when I was in eighth grade, I'm sitting in music class <laughs> and they're about to put in a video cassette player about Bishop Watterson High School. So oh. that's where I went to high school, <laughs> freshman, sophomore and junior year. And all of a sudden we're about to watch this video that's going to tell us about Bishop Watterson. And I hear Charlie Pickard <laughs> <laughs> narrating the video. Uh, same thing happened with OSU. Yeah. Uh, you did the uh, back in the day when you used to have to click on uh, oh, the keypad. Right. I'd forgotten about yeah, that. Yeah, keypad to to register for classes. Uh, <laughs> Dad, you were the uh, you were the voice uh, that would tell people press three to register. Press four <laughs> yeah. for this. So, and then your biggest uh, campaign was for Big Bear. That's right. Big Bear Supermarkets. Yes, they, they, they were the the big in, local in town. Kroger, of course, was big here too. But they're from Cincinnati. But I got started doing the Big Bear commercials in 1989, I think. And I did them till the, till they went out of business. And, uh, well, they, they switched over. It was, it was several years, was still Big Bear. And then they were purchased by, um, oh, PNC. And I can't think what the, out of uh, Syracuse, New York, bought them out. And um, then they went with them to the fizzled out in, in the 2003. So that was what, about 15 years almost. Mm-hmm. But yes, uh, you're, you're a man about groceries here. Yes, yes. So you've had this just amazing career in broadcasting. You've gone from, you know, broadcasting in the Army to being a DJ to being self-employed. But there's so much more to you, Dad, than just the the career. But I wanted to kind of start with that because, yeah. you know, I'm sort of carrying on the, the family yeah. tradition in, yeah. in some ways well, um, yeah. in, in, in a communication-related field. And especially now with having a podcast and being uh, doing broadcasting. But what I really want to know, too, is through broadcasting and storytelling, you've always been somebody who's given back to others and being of service. Can you talk a little bit about some of the things and some of the projects that you've been a part of throughout your life that were that were in service to others? Well, this sounds kind of I was thinking about that earlier and, you know, because I thought, well, what, what do I do to, you know, I babble on the air or, you know, <laughs> do I buy this? Uh, but um, a lot of the, the training films are can be helpful. But I was thinking, uh, I especially enjoyed doing a uh, working part-time at uh, WOSU in later years uh, on the classical music area, um, which unfortunately <laughs> with the, the pandemic okay. started yeah. last year, it just, yes, that, yes. that's it. But it, it was the idea that I could, I'd, I'd like to ch- chat with people on the air, not bat- babble too much, but just, you know, hear his piece of music and then give a little bit of background about it. Or um, this, listen to when you, this, the trumpet player does this really spectacular thing. Or um, the one that, that popped into my mind, there is a, called Variations on the Theme by um, Paganini and by uh, Sergei Rachmaninoff. And it's 24 different little bits and pieces of music, uh, all based on the, the basic theme of the. And the interesting things about it, one of them is that the first variations is played before you hear the, the theme itself. Mm. It start, it's, and then the, the last variation is upside down and backwards. Oh, wow. And, and it's That's a beautiful piece of music. But then you can you know, chat with the folks on the air. I always think there's, I'm just talking to one person and here's listen for this and do that and do that. And just try to be, you know, relaxed and 
and yeah, get some, and then be educated about it. Yeah. Uh, one thing you guys can't see here is that we have books all over <laughs> this house. In fact, I'm going to be taking a, a big stack of books uh, back with me uh, that, that they no longer read, but they, we were a, a reading household yeah. and, a, and a household that uh, where we education and, and learning new things and understanding how things work uh, was always very important yeah. to both you and mom. Yeah. And, and, and the kids, I think it rubbed off on you and Michael and uh, I hope. And uh, yeah, I remember, <laughs> I, we, I don't know how they came here, but uh, people selling Encyclopedia Britannica. Mm. Well, we had at that time, we, we had two big bookshelves or book cases in the living room and the guy <laughs> sort of, we got a live one. <laughs> so we, 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 we bought the encyclopedia for the kids and ourselves too. And uh, that was a lot of fun, but yeah, uh, it's books are, you know, always have been fun books and study books and, mm -hmm. and, uh, and you, you've turned into be a kind of little bookworm. I but am. I, I love to read and I, and, and music as well. I got that from you guys. Uh, <clears throat> you've always made music a big part of our lives. Uh, we would always have music playing in the house uh, anytime. And we had tons of records. We still, you still, I see dad. Oh, yeah. Stacks and stacks of records. Uh, so that was always a big part of our lives as well. Besides just the service that you've done through broadcasting, though, I think you've also done some things with your church as well, well over the well, years, right? I, that's yeah, that's true. You were in the choir. Oh, that's right. I'd forgotten that. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah. It's, and we had an excellent uh, choir mistress, I guess, um, mm -hmm. Linda Ebright. Uh, she was a skilled musician, and um, she she knew what she wanted, and it, it got it. We had four-part harmony, and uh, it was it was a lot of fun. Mm. And uh, I think I was in that for about 10 years. Wow. And then also I, I, I uh, read the, the lectionaries and uh, for the gospel and the, well, I don't read the gospel, but the, the epistle and things like that. Yep. And um, I mean, it's just all kinds of things that you've done throughout the years. And then the one thing that I've always taken away from you, dad, is that you don't know a stranger. Oh, <laughs> you you talk to everyone. You're, you're just so friendly to every person that you guys come across. And oh. people remember that. Neighbors. Oh. You know, people that mom has worked with over the years. I mean, it, you've touched so many people uh, just by living a, a virtuous and a good life. And, and mm -hmm. it's something that um, as I as I grow older, I, I become even more thankful for and, and grateful oh. for. So um, I appreciate all, all that you've done, uh, you know, to try to instill in myself and in Michael uh, what being a, a good person and showing up to be of mm -hmm. service to others is all about. And, you know, you were a big inspiration and someone I thought about oh. when I decided to start this podcast. Oh, I think. Well, thank you very much. You're welcome. It's glad to be a part of it. Yes, yes. So as we're wrapping up, uh, yeah. we'll, we'll do these between about, you know, up to an hour, but sometimes mm. we will wrap up quicker just depending on how the conversation's going. We do have a message from Brian. He said that uh, you remind him of his father. Great oh. to meet your dad, Teresa. I have to leave now, but I'm glad I was able to catch a lot of cool. your interview. So um, I guess what I'd like to say, what I'd like to ask you is if somebody uh, – wants to be of service to others or they're, ha they're going through a tough time um, and in their lives. And it's just, things are just looking really down. Mm -hmm. What do you think be showing up and being a vessel of service can do for you personally? Oh, I think it can, it can bolster your, your opinion of yourself and which is a good thing. You, you don't want to have too much of an opinion of yourself, but you also don't want to be down on yourself ever. Because mm -hmm. it, you know, who knows what's going to happen right around the corner? At uh, 
you've got to hang in there and mm-hmm. keep going. Don't give up. Don't turn, don't turn on yourself for goodness sakes. You've, you've got to be your own friend, maybe not your best friend, but you've got to have faith in yourself and be, and be, when you're willing to share that faith in yourself with other people by helping them in some way or another, you are bolstering yourself again. And it's it's a win-win situation, I would think. It really is. Now, if somebody doesn't know where they want to start to help others, what would you? How would you advise them to get started? Oh boy. Well, if if you are a churchgoer, the church is always an, a, a good place to find place out. To start. Yeah, because a lot of times there are. Uh, Myriad ways in in any not the denomination doesn't matter that there are always people who need food, people who need shelter, people who need education, perhaps. So you can start at your church, perhaps if you have a place where you work. Although right now things are so whacked up because <laughs> yes, of the yes. pandemic, sometimes businesses have uh, places where their employees can offer service to the public in one way or another. Mm-hmm. You can check that out. Um, I guess if nothing else, use yourself or get organize a little group among your friends and offer to do something. Absolutely. And, uh, Absolutely, Dad. A great example is we've got somebody in our community who needed to get her accreditation in public relations. Mm-hmm. And so she started her own study group. Huh, and good so for she her. got her friends together and uh, thought that the competition would help and motivate her. And so she helped herself and she helped her community yeah. at the same time. So um, I, I think another way is, you know, using your skills like you have mm-hmm. in broadcasting. You've used the things that you know that you do well in a capacity that can serve others. Mm-hmm. So yeah. there's all kinds of ways to be of service to others. Hopefully this podcast is will be a, a yeah. vessel of service to others. Um, I thank you all uh, for joining us today. Uh, it's been a pleasure to talk to you, Dad. Oh, thank um, you. Do you have anything else that you I should have asked you that I forgot i don't think so i just i wanted to tease you though uh teresa mentioned that she was went to uh, waterson's for freshman sophomore and junior she came home from school after her junior year and said i don't want to go back in in september and you can't make me and i said babe you just saved me twenty two hundred dollars but <laughs> but um so but, but teresa that she went to school that fall at a different school and just yeah and, and she said golly I learned a lot of this last year, and but she, she's done very well for herself. Don't don't be, don't be down on her for that. Some, had some hard times, but I got through. Oh it yeah, in a good place I'm, I just I just wanted to tease you a little <laughs> yes, bit, but yes. uh, you're a sweetie, right. and uh, I'm very proud of you and what you've accomplished in the last 25 years. Well, the, the other thing, she came home one day and said, "I joined the army. I joined the, the navy." I said, "Oh my gosh, we thought she was going to be like Navy Reserve." That's what I thought. That's what they told me at first, too. They were like, oh, this is just a one weekend a month, two weeks a year kind of thing, right? And they're like, yeah, right. And it wasn't until I went to MEPS that I realized that this was a full-time thing. Oh, (laughs) I had no idea. They bamboozled me at first. Oh, Oh, yes. Recruiters lie never. Well, they got a good deal out of you, Toots. So. Well, it was a pleasure having you. We're going to go ahead and sign off on the broadcast. Thank you. But I appreciate having you on. And, uh, Love you. Love you too. And uh, just thank you so much. Tune in for in another couple weeks. We're going to have an amazing friend of mine. I think she's tuning in right now. She even said a couple nice comments on here. Hmm. Uh, Jen Harmon is going to be, Jenny Harmon is Hmm. going to be our next guest. 
in a couple weeks and we're going to learn all about her career in her 40s taking up skateboarding and a fellow artist so i just can't right. wait to talk to her all right guys you guys all take care you guys look at the camera right. and uh talk to y'all later <laughs> bye bye